success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible Podcast. And do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today? Kim Curtis is the best-selling author of Money Secrets. Keys to Smart Investing and Retirement Secrets. She is a nationally recognized wealth management advisor and president and CEO of Wealth Legacy Institute. Her groundbreaking work in developing a highly personal client-centric planning model was recognized in the Journal of Practical Estate Planning winning the Editor's Choice Award. She has been profiled in several publications, including the Wall Street Journal. Kim has attained numerous professional designations and has been recognized by the financial planning industry as having achieved the highest level of competence and expertise. Oh my gosh, welcome Kim (laughs) Curtis. I am so excited to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Thanks, Cammy. Oh my gosh, this has been like forever. I feel like we <laughs> talked so long ago and I, like today's the day and I am just so excited. So let's do this. Let's jump mm-hmm. in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Yeah, you know, believe it or not, I got to where I am today from a quiz. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually um, have a legal background and I was with a dispute resolution firm, a national dispute resolution firm. So the area of expertise is negotiation, mediation, arbitration. And I moved up through the ranks and no longer was in the heart of the settlement issues. I wasn't with the clients or the disputants. I became a spokesperson. So at 30, I uh, had, of course, someone in HR who has all of those beautiful assessments uh, that put me through. And that's the quiz that later said I would do good in finance. And here I am, which which I think is important, Kemi, for your listeners to understand that that is the furthest thing from what you would have thought I would end up in because I defaulted on my school loans within six months after graduating from law school. I mean, I was my own big shit show on money. And I am sure many of your listeners understand what that means. Yes. Oh, and that is such a great story. Oh, my gosh. What a story to lead with. So here you are. (laughs) So here you are and you're in law and you're defaulting on your student loans and you Mm -hmm. end up in finance. That is the greatest story ever. 
So, so let's talk about the law part. Is that something you always wanted to do? Like when you were young, were you like, I'm going to grow up and be in law? Oh, hell no. <laughs> That was you know, a hard no. <laughs> it really was. My parents got divorced when I was a teenager and my mom got full custody of three teenage girls. And as a result of that, and she had no employable skills. So she applied for and received government assisted lunches. So I had this little red ticket that I would have passed to that cashier that had enormous shame and unworthiness and not enough. Uh, very humiliating when you think of your peers. And so, but the one good thing around that is that she told her three girls to make sure you get your education because no one can take it away from you. So I did little did I realize. So, so I went to undergrad and then law school, but the area of expertise that I wanted to pursue was truly negotiation, mediation, and arbitration. So I did in high school, find that as an attractive uh, career path. But again, you know, I mean, to think about having shame and unworthiness and who am I in those early years, and then six months after graduating from law school, I had no business understanding my credit report, what that meant, any kind of concept around money was foreign to me. And then something happened. You won't believe this, Cammy, but I had an anonymous donor pay $1,000 on my school loan debt. Oh, my and gosh. I, like, when I did that happen? I know. Well, and the fact that I even opened the statement to recognize that that even occurred was shocking in itself. I, I think of how many people that are afraid to open up their bills. You know, I mean, one of the things I always say is how you do money is how you do life. And if your head is in the sand on money, surely it's in the sand on other areas of your life. And that was me totally unconscious around money. So that gift uh, was kind of like a snap for me. And it was almost immediate because since it was anonymous, I couldn't go to them and go, you know, why me? Or, oh, no, 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 I, I can't accept this. I had to have that conversation with myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, someone believes in me. What do they see in me? What do I believe in? What do I see in me? And pretty much that who am I conversation is what occurred. Wow. And oh my gosh. <laughs> and then of course, I'm going to say, and who are you not to, right? So, you know, right. we're always asking who am I, but who are you not? Right. And and right. so why not you? That is such an amazing story. So let's fast forward now. So you yeah. take this quiz and the quiz says finance is your thing. So tell me, how did you bridge that gap? Where How did that transition go that you were like out of law and into finance? Yes. Um, remember, in life, it's a journey and it's a process. So from law to finance, um, it, it's important to understand that in finance, in the beginning, at a brokerage firm, you're actually in sales. So for the listeners out there, 90% of, of people out there that say they do what I do are in sales and they work for the house, not for you, the bank, the brokerage firm, you name it. 
Uh, the 10% that truly do work for the investor, the client, are fiduciaries. Now, that word gets thrown out a lot about your best interests, but they truly are like a CPA. And, and that's so it was easy to make the transition into sales, <laughs> harder to be a true practitioner, and that I got a master's in finance down the road to help support my background so that I could deliver uh, reliable, consistent advice as an advocate and steward. I love that. Oh my gosh. Uh, so there you go. School's never out for the pro, right? You can go to law school <laughs> and then go back and, and get a degree in finance. I love that. And here you are today killing it. Like, oh, we haven't even talked about your company yet, but this is mm. such a great story. So tell us mm -hmm. what makes you invincible. Yeah, I would have to say, based on everything you've heard about me, um, that the there's so many things, but I'm just going to say one thing, and that really is that I have this, this pioneering spirit about me. And that pioneering spirit really allows me to think out of the box and create something that's different from, so to speak, mainstream. I love that. And, and that is in all aspects of my life. But particularly when we think of entrepreneurs or career women, to be able to see things very differently than other people in the room and come up with a different solution. And pioneering is also not only visionary, but not giving up. I mean, that's the other side 100%. of that coin. Yes, yes, that, that is amazing. Wow, I love that. Well, I'm so excited that we just had this part of the conversation because this leads us right into the topic that we're going to talk about today. So you <laughs> are, yeah, this is so cool, especially as we talked before we hit record about the state of the world and, you know, the economy and uh, just inflation and everything. And so today we're going to talk about uh, being smarter about your money and keys to smart investing. So, and then we have that other little thing we're going to talk about. So about money. So yes. let's get started. Let's jump in. Tell us what we need to know here. You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy times, but with money, money ebbs and flows just like natural laws of money. So when we're in an ebb like now, it's an important time to really focus on you and grow your skill sets and develop yourself so that you always feel like the ebb and flows. Like when it's flowing, it's like great. Like money is talking to you. You're able to do the things that you need to do in your business and otherwise. And so during times like this are really about self-care and building up your skill set. The second thing is from the nature of at least my perspective, when we think of markets, not capital markets, not working in our favor or inflation, remember that the news is really, in my business, we call it, which you may have already heard, financial pornography. Uh, their object is to keep you to the station or the channel or the network. And usually they do that by fear. So for those of you who feel that anxiety around money, the best way to separate yourself from that is to get a financial plan because otherwise, without a plan, investing is like um, archery without a target. 
That's so good. And hope is not a strategy, right? Like, right. like, you right. said, right. like a lot of people, they don't even open their statements or yeah. open their bills. Like you can't be in denial right now. You really no. need, it's empowering. The knowledge here is empowering, right? And it is power. Especially wow. going into the holidays. Because if you don't have a spending plan ahead of time, it's so easy to overspend. And then all of a sudden in January, when the bills come in, and you don't want to open those statements, uh, then there's a lot of regret. And so I would say, number one, number one basic skill in terms of money success is really creating a spending plan. I like to say spending plan over budget because it just feels so much better that <laughs> you're in control of it versus it controlling you. I love that because when I hear the word budget, all of a sudden I feel yeah. like limit, yeah. right? like you can't do anything you want to do. You can't spend any money, right? Like it's all... It's all like labeled. And yet when you say this spending plan, it's like, oh, that feels so good. Especially with prices being a lot higher, you know, those of you, you know, going to the grocery store. Yes. We just had that story about bacon being $10, $10 for bacon. Oh my gosh. I'm in shock. I, and I said this to you, I remember when it was $5 and I was like, Oh, I'll get it when it's on sale. Right. And then I walk in and I'm like, $10, this is ridiculous, but everything has gone up. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so, you know, having the same money and having higher expenses is not going to work. Right. Like, right. yeah. So let's talk before we move into this investing part, let's talk about mm -hmm. that. Let's talk about you know, okay, you, you may still have the same amount of money that you have had to work with. And now everything costs more. Mm -hmm. So what, what is like some of your best suggestions around making this work for you? Yeah. So we already talked about a spending plan, right? Uh, so, you know, the category going into the holidays, another thing, and you know, we do this in our house is why go to a store and pay full price for something when you can get something secondhand as a gift of, or, or something that you have that's really important to you that you want to give to someone else because you, you no longer use it uh, in the same way. So the re-gifting idea is a really great way to kind of manage some of those expectations with each other. And I love to turn it into a white elephant. That makes it even better. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> because we tend to think that we need to do all these things for the holidays or have all these people over when you could kind of change it up a little bit and make it less expensive. Um, because at the end of the day, was all that money for that big dinner party worth it? And if you have families coming together, let everyone bring a dish to pass. Now we kind of get that. Of course we understand that, but oftentimes we're like, no, 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 uh, just bring bread or just bring the, you know, it's like, no, let's have everyone bring all the different pieces of that meal together. Yes. I like that is the best too. And that, because it is so expensive, right. To host these huge holiday dinners. Mm -hmm. And yet mm -hmm. we always want to like do everything, uh, but, and you know, you think about the work and of course you want to do it because your food's the best. But <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> you get me right. So it's like, no, I make the best of this and that, and mm -hmm. you know, it's bad to be so good at a, you know, in the kitchen, but you know, you don't think about, the expense. And that is mm -hmm. such a good point. Like yeah. let other people bring the wine, right? What are the most expensive? Especially things? that. Especially <laughs> if somebody <laughs> else can bring the wine and the beer and the desserts and yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a great idea. 
Oh, and then I, I would say one more thing on this is to know yourself. I think particularly as women, it's so easy to over deliver. It's so easy to, to oh, you'll do it. Um, but if you know who you are and you have self-awareness, it's a lot easier to give yourself permission to say, no, no, I'm not going to spend that on that item. No, sweetheart, let's agree that let's do an experience together instead of buy each other something that we really don't care about or that I end up buying and telling you to give it to me. <laughs> How many times did we do that right? <laughs> in the early days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes we even wrap our own gifts. <laughs> And how crazy is that, right? Yeah. That's just, just crazy. So self-awareness, know yourself and know what you deserve. I love that. Because, you know, when you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. Like I would rather have more money in my travel fund than I would something new in my closet or on my table, right? So that's right. Yeah, like I would rather rather take all of that and go travel someplace else to another destination and create an amazing experience. Research suggests that a big win are experiences over things. Mm. Because with the experience, you could actually get excited about it beforehand. And then afterwards you have stories to tell. And Pictures, so it's a right? huge win on experiences over stuff and research supports that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. So let's talk about keys to smart investing. I actually gave one away already. And that is, is that is working with a fiduciary instead of a salesperson. And the terminology is so unfair. It's so hard as investors and consumers to break through the noise but the most important thing is fee only, not fee based. Mm -hmm. And the best way to get through all of that is on our website. There's a fiduciary oath. If you're interviewing financial advisors, have them sign it. And then you don't have to worry about it. If they don't sign it, then walk away. And that's just a way to just cut through all the noise and call it good. I love that. That's amazing. So I was going to ask you, like, how is the, how do you know who's good and who isn't, right? They're not all equal. So well, it's some... not, you can't yelp it either. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't, right? That's you know? private information, right? Because yeah. they're licensed. So what would you say are some of the top things that people would need to look for to mm -hmm. know, like, is this person going to scam me or not in my best interest? Or is this a rock star that's going to really help me? <laughs> At a minimum, there's a broker check, brokercheck.org, that you could actually see if they have anything against them, like a, a, a fine or somebody having a complaint. The second is, at a minimum, you want them to be a certified financial planner, a CFP. That's the baseline designation for anyone in my industry, because a certified financial planner understands the six key areas of money. The first is financial position, balance sheet, protection planning, that's your health insurance, your car insurance, your home, your long-term care. And then we have investments, retirement planning, re and then tax, and then estate. There's not one decision you make in any one of those areas that doesn't impact another. And that's what a CFP does is they understand the connection and they could quickly see the gaps. Mm, that's so helpful. So today, right, because investing is different today than it was two or three years ago, even um, what what are some of your suggestions of the best places to invest? So 
I love that you said that, Kemi, because in the nature of my work, it doesn't investments don't change regardless of what's going on in the capital markets. Okay. Because investing is a long-term game. It's long-term. So what's happening in the short one, two, three years should be irrelevant. But that's why you have to tie it to a financial plan. That's the other secret. Because otherwise, when you see your portfolio go down, hypothetically 15, 20%, that feels terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you tie it to the financial plan and you see what is the real impact on you achieving your goals down the road here when you choose to step off and you realize that 6,000 a month lifestyle is really only 5,900 a month lifestyle based on the, it's like, okay. And then a year later, it's back to 6,000 a month. So it's easy not to get perspective and also have excitement because yeah. otherwise money is just money. It, it doesn't have any value until you put value to it. And so generally that is usually your freedom at some point down the road to do what you want when you want. I love that, that we all want freedom, right? We all want to do or security. I mean, some people it's security, but mostly it's freedom to have security. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it is. It's the freedom is what creates the security, right? Like you, you feel safe and then you can live your life and have fun and be free. So I love that. That's so, so great. A port, let me just specifically, the portfolio in terms of investments is a globally diversified, low cost indexing. And every once a year, you rebalance it to what your original percentages are in each of those categories. The categories in the most basic level are stocks, bonds, and cash. And a Simple. lot of people feel comfortable with 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, and then they rebalance at the end of the year to get it back to that percentage. That is the most basic, but you don't let the noise interfere with your long-term objectives because that's how people fail when it comes to money. It's, it's the capital markets don't fail. They do whatever they do. It's the investor behavior that fails. So as we go through this time that's crazy and uncertain and may even get worse in the next year or two or flatter sideways, hang on, focus on yourself, self-care, and let your money do what it's supposed to do over a long time, ebb and flow. I love that. Now, what would you say to people that are like getting closer to mm -hmm. retirement that maybe haven't played the game right throughout the years uh, and now they're looking, you know, five or eight years, you know, down the road that they're retiring mm -hmm. and they they're not sitting on all of those investments. What what would you say to those people? A financial plan, because a financial plan can tell you, here's what's realistic of when to take Social Security here. And you could get an hourly planner out there. There are organizations that offer hourly planning. One organization that comes to mind is XY planning network that have all over the country have individual advisors that are fee only that charge by the hour. And when you see that, you could go, okay, that's a good time to take social security, or maybe I should work a few more years to, or maybe I need a part-time job to supplement my income. So, but by that job is going to be something I love, you know? Yeah, so there's fun. again, head out of the sand, what is your true reality? So that when you do step off and make choices around that, you feel completely confident. And that's the key. I love that. Oh, that's so good. So um, you also said something to me about money, uh, about people are always looking for money. So let's talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, we tend to go, you know, if only I had a little more money, I need money. If I need money to do this project, I need money for this. In essence, I would have to say my life's work has given me one truth. And that is around abundant, overriding truth around abundance. And that is that money is actually looking for you, not you need money. I mean, if you think about it, money has no value other than what we give it. So what money is looking for is it's looking for your ideas, your motivation, your magneticness on your vision and your values to turn it into something of use to the world. And when you think about your ideas and your values and what's important to you, ideas are a dime a dozen. Many of them are terrible. But when you have these ideas, you're more likely and you'll one or two may be good and you work towards that because you have to have action on those ideas. And that's what makes you magnetic and attractive to money. Kimmy, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, which straddles the Canadian border and the state of New York. And that's where, guess what? The vast Niagara Falls. Yes, I've been there. Beautiful, beautiful. The falls is beautiful, but it only gets its power from the power plants that line its bank that provides electricity for a lion's share of New York State. Similar to money gets its power from your ideas. Similar to the falls. So without it, it's nothing. It's just beautiful. Money can be beautiful too, depending on if you actually hold it in your pocket anymore. Um, but to, for it to become something it, it, of use to the world, it needs your ideas and your vision and your values. And I think that's really, really important because we have little, you know, neuroscience, we have all these little receptors on our bodies to have our bodies tell us what we need. Um, from antigens, you know, you name it, even sunlight tells yeah. our body what it needs. Well, if that's the case, how do we get the receptor, our money receptor activated? And that we all have reactions to money. We have reactions to rich people. We have reactions to poor people. We have reactions to how other people spend their money. So if you pause and think, what reaction, even listening to us say money is looking for you, how did you feel? Did you judge us when we said it, judge me? Or were you instantly curious? If you're instantly curious, you're on the right path for money to find you. If you're not and you're going, who's she, what's she talking about, and skeptical, then you have to unpack the stories you've been telling yourself that prevent you from money to find you. Oh, that's so good. So let's go back to this uh, activating this receptor. So, oh, that's so good. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like it's somebody who's not believing, right? Who think that they think they never have enough money, they can never make enough money, whatever their situation is or their story. How can they easily, I say easily, probably not easily, <laughs> but how can they activate that money receptor? The story came here in the beginning that I shared about me. And here I am. So it really starts with unpacking your story of what are you saying to yourself about money? And oftentimes it's what happened in your family. Did your family talk about money or the culture, you know, or society? Also, we're immersed in all these messages coming to us and our beliefs around money. So, but start with family first and work back through generations because sometimes it's not you that has that. It's your great grandpa who was a tightwad that's showing up inside of you. 
Mm. And you could say, that's not me. And that's not what I want. I am going to come up with my own beliefs about money and money is abundant and it's looking for me. And if money is looking for me, what ideas do I have for it to become of use to the world? If money is looking for me, what ideas do I have for it? And then start to be curious and creative because that's what ignites. That's what ignites uh, and allows you to be more magnetic because there are two laws of money. One is the human made laws, which is what I do every day, which we talked about financial planning, CFP. Yes. The other is the natural made money laws. Th those are already inside of us because we, th they're all around us, uh, giving and receiving cause and effect, supply and demand, intention and desire, uh, compassion, community, mercy and justice. All of those things are inherently here. And when we raise that vibration to here, because remember that gift, that actually was an act of love. That's what created my vibration to have self-trust and self-awareness of who am I, who am I going to be, which gave me joy, which gave me love, which raised my frequency. So when we think about the two laws of money, the one side, the natural made money, the natural money laws are actually more right brain. Mm. As women, we're actually kind of already wired for it with our relationships and our community and our love and uh, generosity to others. The left side is more a goal and a path and something achieved at the end. So it's career, income, buying a vehicle, get the house, prestige, security. Mm. But you need them both, not one, you need them both in balance and harmony. So where we start is on the natural money law, not the human made laws. You got to start inside here. That's the receptor triggering yes. to then move into learning about getting smart around money on the human made laws. This is so good. Oh my gosh. I hope my <laughs> friends are listening. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to call any of them out by name, but I'm like, this is so good. Okay. So one more question around that. Sure. And that is about, uh, you know, people are together, they're married, they're cohabitating, mm -hmm. they, they grew up differently, they have different mm -hmm. money stories. Uh, you know, what if you are with someone who has a different money story or is not wanting to change where you are, right? So mm -hmm. maybe you're ready to like embrace mm -hmm. this and, and move forward. What, how do you do that? Do you cut the cord? Do you abandon? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that could, it could be great date night conversations, you know, like what kind of like, what are your beliefs around money? You know, are they true or not? When you see a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, do you get excited? Do you take a picture or do you think who would spend that kind of money on a vehicle? Or when you see a poor person, do you cross the street or do you think, why don't they have a job or do you have compassion for them and want to want to help in some way? Those are starting. And, and you already know you could tell your mate what their beliefs are. Yes. Right. And they can tell you yours. Yeah. And then you come up with an agreement. And this is even when you first get married, you need to have an agreement about spending. And when I first started, you know, I mean, it was like a hundred dollars. You know, if you spend over a hundred dollars, you communicated to each other. Yeah. And with money, it, you get, you always have to reset yourself, increase your set point as you develop, because otherwise, once you're at a set point and you never raise it, then you'll become stagnant. And with the flow of money, ebb and flow, stagnant doesn't help. 
No, that's Magnet. no good. Yeah. It, well, money will not find you. So remember to always check your set point, continue to increase it, set boundaries as a couple around what is that dollar amount that one can spend without the other knowing. And honestly, sometimes data also says that couples are happier when they have their money together hmm. because you don't have that secret spending or whatever it is. It could be gambling addiction. There's so many other issues that could come into play that could ruin your plan. That's not your issue. So some couples have separate checking accounts side, and then they do the joint of the joint spending. Mm -hmm. So their paychecks may go into their separate accounts. They bring in jointly what the household accounts are, and that allows them to feel together, but yet they have their stash. <laughs> they have their stash. Because when women stash. step off to have children and give up the money coming in, or, or a guy, um, what happens is they lose so much identity so you got to make sure that they have their stash so that they could at least buy a gift without the other mate knowing that they, they paid that on the gift. So I think for self-esteem and knowing who you are and what's important about money is you always need to have a stash if you're a stay-at-home parent taking care of kids. That is such a great idea. I think that's amazing because I've heard people say that before. Even some of my clients were like, they couldn't buy their, they didn't want to buy their husband a gift because they would have to use their, that account and he would even right. see it and know. Uh, so I think that's really cool. Well, that is great advice and a, <laughs> date night as a way to end a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It could be very worthwhile. <laughs> You don't even have to fake the headache anymore. Just talk about money. <laughs> money oh, does that to many people. Oh, <laughs> that is so great, Kim. So I'm so excited to talk about your company. So tell us a little bit about your company and the Wealth Legacy Institute. And uh, what do you do and who are you helping and how are you helping them? Yeah. I think the best way to explain or share that answer is, is if you had a pyramid, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So the bottom is food, clothing, shelter, and, and basic needs. And the top is, is self-actualization. If we were to put what my firm does in that kind of a structure, the bottom, people come to us for managing money. That's usually when someone comes to a firm like mine, uh, a financial advisory firm. The next on that four step is tying it to a financial plan, goal achievement. What are you trying to achieve that you want your money to do for you? And if you tie those together, the next third level working up the pyramid is lifestyle. When you put those two together, all of a sudden you can live the life you want and not have it interfere with your choices because money is frenetic. It's all over here. It's all coming at us. Our job is to put it down here as your foundation so that you can live the life, your ideal life and perfect calendar. And when you do that, you get peace of mind. And the pinnacle of that pyramid is impact. You now have the, ch the choice to live the life that you've always wanted to live. You, you've kind of, we're on the hamster wheel, working, saving, 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 and now you're living in. Well, what's important to you? How do you do that? How do you do that so that when you're no longer on the planet, you've made a difference? That's mm -hmm. impact. It also could be legacy, however you define it. I, it was coming out of my mouth as soon yeah. as you said that. Yes. 
is that's what it is. And I feel myself, I feel like I have shifted and mm-hmm. that like I'm shifted into the legacy part now. So mm-hmm. I'm done with all that chasing the dream and yeah. all of mm-hmm. those things. I, you know, I'm looking to travel and, and create some sort of legacy that I can leave behind and make a huge impact. So mm, I, love, I that. love that. Yes. That's so amazing. So you have some freebies here too, as well. So tell us a little bit about what you have for freebies for our listeners today. Yes, uh, there are two things. One is that uh, 10 laws that every investor should know, 10 laws of money every investor should know. And then we also have the 2023 Essential Retirement Guide. Both of those are free at financialliteracypress.com. Financialliteracypress.com. I love that. And just for our listeners, everything's in the show notes. So just while you're listening, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you right to the freebies and exactly where you need to go to find Kim and get some support, whatever you need for money and your financial future and freedom and all the things that you Mm want to create, including legacy. I love that so much. So Mm -hmm. and let's tell our listeners one place where they can find you. Yes, wealthlegacyinstitute.com. Perfect. So that'll also be in the show notes. And so Kim, this has been so great. Thank you so much for sharing so much of this information around money and investing and just, just empowering our listeners to get a handle on this, right? We don't, nobody needs to shift. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like get a handle on this and, and get it straight once and for all. So you can live your best life now. And I just, I love it. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. 
You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. But you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we're going to share all their expert zone of genius. And you have done that so well. And I appreciate so much that you were here to do that with us today. But we're not done because we also promised them that we are going to pull back the curtain. See, everyone Mm -hmm. hears you and they see your success and they're going to look you up and be like, wow, she's so lucky. And (laughs) and the the harder we work, the luckier Mm. we get, right? Mm. And so... So we love to pull back the curtain to say, Mm -hmm. hey, she has success, but this is what she had to overcome on the way to the success that she enjoys Mm -hmm. today. You see, there are entrepreneurs out there, they're grinding every day and they're, they're facing obstacles and they're ready to give up. And they think, what's wrong with me? There must mm-hmm. be something wrong with me. This isn't. So, this shouldn't be so hard. Kim Curtis makes it look so easy, right? She's got a big smile and she's helping people and she's making a difference in the world and living her best life. And they start to look at themselves as if there's something wrong. So mm-hmm. we love to go back and tell the others once we figured it out that there is nothing wrong with you, that these obstacles are the price of the success that Mm. we enjoy. And we get to decide every day, do I want to fight that battle or do I want to die on that hill? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's it, right? We go down, we come back up. So I love to share those stories to help empower our listeners to say, yes, Kim Curtis is living in success today, but this is what it costs. And are Mm -hmm. you willing, you want her success, but are you willing to pay the price that she had to pay for the success she enjoys today? Mm -hmm. Most times it's no, (laughs) but let's see, let's see for ourselves. Are you ready to tell some fun stories? All right, go for it. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the good. So tell Mm -hmm. us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. That I get to wake up every morning, spending time, my clients with people I love living through them, their dreams. And that is what a blessing that has been for me. I love that. Oh, that's yeah. so good. That's yeah. so good. And that, talk about creating a legacy, right? Like you're making a huge impact. And people- whether it's horseback riding or riding on the back of their Harley Davidson or being on their sailboat, that I could do that with them as a result of the work that they've done with us has been phenomenal. That is amazing. I can't even imagine how that feels every single day because that's mm. big stuff, right? That's your, your, sometimes we're talking, it's not so big. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I know it gets bigger and bigger, right? As you go, yeah. but it does, doesn't yeah. always start out big. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. So, okay, tell us a story about the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last, but tell us a story <laughs> about the bad part of the journey. Uh, managing self. Hmm. Managing self, I, I'm in, you know, I have no control of the capital markets. 
But I do have control over how we manage our clients and how we manage ourselves. I think in the nature of my work, we do so well because we're very disciplined and structured. And I think it'd be hard to be successful and have good outcomes if you didn't have a disciplined, structured process. Mm. That's so good. It's, that even feels good when you're talking about money and investing in finance, mm-hmm. right? To, to use, those are like power words that feel secure, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm, okay. Tell us about the ugly part of the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, right? <laughs> when I was, when I left my legal background to go into finance, I was at a brokerage firm. And one day I finally read the back of that investment statement that had all the little disclosures. And it was eight pages at the time, two to a page, four pages of tiny, tiny, tiny print. And as I read it, I read all of the fees and all the conflicts of interest and all the different things that made it difficult for an investor to be successful. And a tear came down my cheek. And I remember thinking, I should have read this sooner. I am not a fiduciary. I am simply in sales. That's when it finally hit me because every person wants to do their best work for the client, even though they work for the house. Um, But that was the ugly because when I finally did transition to create Wealth Legacy Institute, that was over 15 years ago, your business gets scattered out to your former colleagues and they call your clients and say that you got terminated. And you have to be quiet for a period of time based on a contract. And that was so hard that the client, again, was last. And that it was a product that they were after and they lied to get it. And I just I just felt so bad and out of alignment that my clients had to go through that to, to get to with me, to find me two weeks later. So uh-huh. that is really the ugly. And it was terrible. Oh, I'm sure. I can't even imagine. And then like, it's like they're smearing you out by saying, you know, you Mm -hmm. were terminated Mm -hmm. when you left, right? To go start this, your own empire, right? right? That's right. Wow. Wow. So, so how long was that period? You said two weeks or, but how long? It was a two week quiet period. That's not bad. A lot. Some of them are like a year. So when you give your notice, you're usually doing it on a Friday. (laughs) And maybe there's a holiday in there. (laughs) So you definitely are strategic around how you do it and you don't want to mess up. Oh, wow. So, but it it all worked out well because you're doing great. Yeah. And you found all your people. They found you. Yes. Only, we only lost one. That's incredible. It really is remarkable. And they were in transition themselves. So it was, they kind of had to figure out what they needed to figure out. And so I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so great. And thank you so much for opening up and sharing some of these things that we don't usually talk about, right? Uh, And I love that because that's going to inspire and empower so many other people as they take their journey. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so before we say goodbye, I'm just going to ask you, and uh, and you'll have to think on this. Is it sticky on the spot here? But uh, what is the one most important thing that you want our people to know about money? Mm. Besides that money is looking for you. I know. That's why I was like, now I got, you got to come up with a, a second you one. Gotta, <laughs> you got to do what you most. love. You got to do what you love. 
uh, whether it's a hobby, a career, do what you love and grow upon that, you know, increase your skill, be curious around that. And when you do what you love, money finds you because that puts you in that higher elevation of joy and love. So that's what I would say. I love that so much. Oh, this has been so great. Thank you so much. You truly are invincible. And I'm so happy <laughs> to share you with our listeners today. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business. But if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up. Tell them, Kim. Get up. Get up. Because if you had a red ticket, still get up. That's that right. lunch line red ticket. That's right. The free lunch. Yep. Just get up. It doesn't matter. You can change your story any minute. And it's and, and today's start. your day. That's yes. right. Start. And so just whatever it is, wherever you are, just take a deep breath and get back up and chase those dreams. You can have mm -hmm. anything you want. You can do anything. And money is looking for you. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.